welcome back to Irish on Tap, a podcast about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish brought to you by the ONTAP Sportsnet and presented by Manscaped. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDOM300. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Ethan Wiles, and we're hopping back on the mic, you know, the same week that the Pro Day is taking place. We're a little ahead of this year's Pro Day. Got about 13 guys that are going to be available and looked at by the NFL, similar to last year, had 12 last year. But let's check in with Ethan, and then we'll get started with today's episode. Ethan, how are you today, man? Yeah, it's good to be back. Like you mentioned, we we're recording this about what, four days, three days out of the uh, our pro day, and you know, sitting back and thinking on last year's compared to this year's, and and really, this is our second NFL draft that we've covered for on tap. And you look at these two draft classes, and it just really shows the talent that Notre Dame puts out year in and year out. And you know, also, I think it's weird to think about the fact that now we're talking about Ian Book potentially being in the NFL. Like, we've talked about Ian Book being the quarterback for how many seasons now? Spring ball started. Uh, Jack Cohen looks pretty good. Tyler Buchner looked pretty good in a few clips that I've seen on Twitter. So it's crazy to think that football season feels like it just ended, but now we're back in full swing already. Yeah, and the guys are out there. Spring practice has started. Since the last time we talked, Notre Dame men's basketball got absolutely buzzsawed in the in the tournament, and they lost to North Carolina. And, and a whole bunch has happened. We'll cover we'll cover, you know, the NFL signings, all the stuff that's happened. But you know, the main preface of today's episode is that pro day. And similar to last year, we're going to give you guys individual player profile articles for each of the 13 players that will be available for this upcoming draft. Just to name the players that will be available and participating in the pro day, we have Ian Book at quarterback, Tommy Trumbull at tight end, who actually has been climbing up a lot of people's draft boards as of late, Javon McKinley, the wide receiver, Jeremiah Wosukoramoa, many believe could be the top linebacker in this year's draft, the Buckus Award winner, Ade Takumbo Ogundeji at the edge rusher position, Dalen Hayes as well at edge rusher, Ben Skoranek at wide receiver, Liam Eichenberg at offensive line, Aaron Banks as well on the offensive line, and I'm just going to name them all at once, but Tommy Kramer and Robert Hainsey. So four offensive linemen in the same draft class, all will be drafted and all will be off the board before day two. And then we can't forget about our guys over in the secondary with Sean Crawford and Nick McLeod, who actually won defensive hula bowl MVP in the postseason bowl game that he played. Uh, well, the all-star bowl game, I guess you would. But Ethan, take me through where you you think about this draft class. Obviously, you know, the heavy hitters with Jeremiah Wosukoromoa at the top of the list. And I would say the close second would be on the offensive line. And you can look at a variety of different ways. I've seen people, you know, have Aaron Banks come off first. I've seen people have Eichenberg come off first. And I've seen Tommy Kramer as well. And then obviously you talked a lot about Hainsey on our last episode that we were together, just about the effort that he was giving and, and the way he was really portraying himself at the senior bowl. I couldn't put that any better. I mean, I listened to ESPN's podcast, uh, the first draft podcast with uh, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay and Field Yates. And both Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper are unbelievably high on Jeremiah Wosu-Koromoa. And I think that he's pretty set in stone to the Raiders I mean I've seen some mock drafts where he bounces around but I mean I really think that he could be a great fit in that John Gruden system in Oakland or I'm sorry not even Oakland anymore uh in Vegas now so with you there on the offensive lineman as well and they just have three 
dominant guys when you look at it with Liam, Robert, and Tommy right away. And, you know, with us being Bears fans and needing that offensive line help, I think I think the Bears should look at one of those three guys. I mean, we really need that boost on the offensive line. We already have guys in there from the Notre Dame system. Why not add to it? Yeah, and I think for a majority of our draft class, you'll see – Similar to last year, we're going to have a lot of mid-round guys. I, I think you can expect Ian Book to come off the board uh, in rounds. The the absolute ceiling, I would say, is the third round. And the latest, maybe the fifth I, or the I, I'm more on the fourth round train. I'm with the fourth round train. I feel fourth like, round's where he's going to go is I, where I, I think, think. But the third think round there's... is the absolute ceiling. And the way that people have been acting about quarterbacks, I don't know if you realize this, there will be five quarterbacks selected in the first round of this draft. Um, oh, yeah. You were here for it the other night. You know, I didn't. I did a mock draft uh, with some of the other on tap contributors, uh, some of our NFL guys, and you know, we sat down and we said, "Look, let's let's try and just do this without trades." And fucking, what is it? Forty eight hours later, the Dolphins make two trades not in even, one day. Yeah, and our whole not even whole mock 16, drafts, yeah, sixteen hours yeah, later. It's like God, that's what we get for being assholes and doing it that far ahead of time, but. You know, which reminds me, I actually have to hit my Trevor Lawrence article today. Ugh, pain that he's even going to be the first one. But if you look at the way the quarterback position is in the NFL, there will be a GM that will see value in the way Ian Book has played over the course of his career at Notre Dame. And the kid's a winner. Uh, I have seen Tommy Tremble go as high as the third round. And I think Tommy Tremble is a very interesting prospect. For the NFL, because with Tommy Tremble, he hasn't even really scratched the surface on what he has, what he is as a football player. And he hasn't been fully utilized, if you understand what I'm saying when I say that. Like, you know, with Michael Meyer, Cole Komet, he's never been the number one option at tight end. So I feel right. like he's a guy that has a lot of untapped potential and could go. You could see that, you know, depending on how his pro day goes, as early as the late second round. Well, I think he's a guy, too, that we touched on after losing Cole Komet as being a guy that was like, all right, like this, this is your year to shine. Like you mentioned right off the top, he's a guy that really has improved his draft stock throughout the course of the season. And, you know, he's not he, he's not a true blocker. He's not a true pass catcher. He's a mix of both. He's a hybrid of both. And I think that where he where Cole Komet was at this level two years ago, I don't think Tommy Tremble's there just yet, but he very well could be a, a guy that, you know, if we're playing Madden, has a you know an 85 potential or an 88 potential with the chance of him going up and getting better. And with the right system, I do think Tommy Tremble could be a guy that in two or three years with being behind a, a starting tight end could blossom into somebody, you know, could be a tight end one one day. That was a mouthful. Try saying that five times like back to back. <laughs> I know, right? I know. I do want to add, though, I'm we're on the topic of it. Um, the Pro Day is aired Wednesday. It's on campus. Uh, Jack Collinsworth and former Notre Dame receiver Corey Robinson are the hosts. Brian oh, Kelly nice. will join. Brian Kelly will be joining. Tommy Reese, Marcus Freeman will be joining as well. Um, and then obviously everything that's going on with the Pro Day, all the Pro Day activities. So uh, yeah, it should be fun to watch the coverage on Wednesday, actually. It's going to be good to see because they're very well represented and, you know, there's four offensive linemen. You got a couple edge rushers. You got some receivers. You got some corners. You can probably throw some one-on-ones one in there. 
I don't know how they'll be doing that with COVID, I guess, but they should be able to do one-on-ones. Last year when we went to NIU Pro Day, they were doing it, but that was before all this broke out. I'm excited to see the two receivers and what they bring to the table. Ben Skoranek, obviously a guy that dealt with some injuries throughout the course of the season, but when he was healthy, I mean, he was Ian Book's number one guy. So right off the bat, I'm interested to see what he does. Javon McKinley as well. Uh, I think both guys are are late-round picks, but you know, especially a guy like Ben Skoranek, who, I mean, if Bill Belichick already doesn't have his eyes on him, something's, <laughs> something's wrong. Yeah, and, and I think the thing is that may hold Skoranek back is a little bit of an injury history, and then, two, like, he doesn't have that take-the-top-off-the-defense speed, but it's crazy because all I saw was the back of his jersey this year. Like, he was still making it happen. Like, he's good on the end around. He's a He's a polished blocker and he'll probably have to find some value on special teams right out the gates what i thought too and in, in, in comparison to what i heard on the the first draft podcast was the slot receiver has become such a prominent guy in offenses now because it's like okay you you no longer see these teams have just one receiver you know what i mean like or or if they, you have the slot guy lined up in the same like look at cole beasley Look at what he's done in his two teams with Dallas and Buffalo. I mean, he's a. I think he's, he was all pro last year, to be right, honest. He's a dominant guy. Like, coming out of the slot like that, I definitely could see Skoranek working his way up, you know, in, in the depth chart from, from where he's drafted. I, mean, I don't see him going, you know, second, third, maybe fourth round, but, you know, I definitely could see him being a, a late round value pick for any team that's looking to boost their receiver core. Yeah, and I think the thing that both of the guys do well is they're great on the 50-50 ball, and they have the size. They both have the size and the frame of NFL receivers, and they can go up and get the ball. And I'm rooting for them. I think that they both will end up being – you know, fringe roster guys, you know, because if you go in the late rounds, there's nothing guaranteed. And we saw, you know, last year uh, with guys like Jameer Jones and and with everything that went on, you know, they weren't even able to get an opportunity to showcase. But looking at this class, I feel that there's an opportunity for eight to 10 of these guys to get drafted. I don't think everyone will get drafted last year. Not everyone got drafted. They saw six guys go. But Ian Book will get drafted. Tommy Tremble will get drafted. Owozu Koromo will get drafted first round. You know, you got the four linemen. Honestly, it's going to come down to, I believe, Sean Crawford, uh, who is a great player, all the heart, literally the fucking Notre Dame man. Like, we've had him for, I think, two presidents, at least, maybe three at this point, now that we have a new elected president. I think we're, well, Obama was eight. So, uh, I mean, we're, we're pretty much stuck on two. So we two presidencies, though, man. That's, yeah, two presidencies for college career is a long time, like in their in their entirety. But I mean, we're uh, still working on getting you your 15th year. So, I mean, I think the thing with Sean Crawford that I guess you would say his biggest downside is, is that he is just not he doesn't have great size. He's, you know, smaller. He's on the smaller end of the spectrum. He's like five, nine, one eighty. And that's not great size at the corner position. And he, he did play both corner and safety. So it's interesting to see what he will attack his route at the NFL. He could play some slot. He could play safety. He has his best value, I really think, 
going towards this season will be on special teams as well. Like he has a very good value on special teams as a gunner. I think the experience helps. I mean, like we talked about, he's been around for a while and he's seen a lot of college football. Now it's just a matter of how that will translate into, you know, the NFL and what the league speed will be like on him. I think that if he stays healthy, like you said, he's, he, he could be a guy that really could be a dominant special teams guy working his way up to a cornerback three position. You never know. I think that, and even like you said, you know, if he works himself into the safety position too, you know, he's another guy that could be a very good hybrid player in the league. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And then, you know, a guy in Nick McLeod where he performed to the point where he was the MVP in the Hula Bowl, it was good to see the way he battled week in and week out throughout this season. And he should go anywhere from rounds four to six. I think he'll get drafted four to six. Seventh round, the absolute latest. I agree. I think that he's another guy that made a name for himself late in the season. He was there making plays throughout the season, but like you said, late in the year at the Hula Bowl, just going out there and just, I mean, he was balling. So I think it's it's tough right now because you know, you're not going to see a lot in the pro day, but you're going to get a lot of the raw talent skills that these guys have. You know, Ian Book, you're going to see what kind of arm he has. Um, with McKinley and Skoranek, they're going to be looking at what kind of 40 they run, things like that. So, you know, I, I'll be excited to see where these guys rank in terms of, you know, the 40 times, um, you know, athleticism and things like that. Yeah, I think the most important thing is, is it's a quarterback throwing to his guys and receivers catching from their guy. So the camaraderie and the chemistry is already there. Ian Book won't have to evade any pressure. He can stand nice, tight in pocket, throw the ball, sling that Wasn't pitch. it uh, Chris Fink that was out there for Trevor Lawrence a couple weeks ago? Yes, he was, and That's you'll see that. Shit. You'll see that, though. It's a very common practice. Uh, we once represented a client that went down to the TCU Pro Day. As a free agent wide receiver, you don't have too many opportunities to get in front of an NFL scout. Chris Fink definitely left it all out on the field. Uh in, at the Clemson Pro Day. He was making diving catches and all that. and It was beautiful to see. I hope Chris Fink can find an opportunity uh, in the NFL or even in one of the, the newer, or the, not the newer leagues, but one of the smaller leagues like the CFL or the XFL who have, you know, linked somewhat in talks with a merger. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but real quick, let me take a break. We got to, you know, take a second to get you guys informed on our friends over at Manscaped. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Got Bush? You definitely do. If you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped, after using these life-changing products, you're going to want to join a ball sack beauty contest. I'm looking out for you because I also have an exclusive 20% off discount code on Manscaped.com. When you're checking out, use promo code ONTAP. You'll receive 20% off and free shipping on your order. Manscaped is dedicated to help you level up your full body grooming game with the Perfect Package 3.0 kit. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the essential lawnmower 3.0, which is waterproof. It has the skin safe technology, so you're not going to cut, nick, or scrape those sensitive areas. And it even comes with a little light on there, so you can do it in the dark however you please. When you trim your hedges, the trees stand taller. And inside the Perfect Package, you also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, ball deodorant, and you'll make sure that your balls are fresh day in and day out. It's important to keep, you know, your below the waist needs fresh. When you have that opportunity, you, can, you know, you don't want to be funky down there. But real quick, 
let me just make sure that you guys have this clear. When you're checking out on Manscaped.com, use promo code ONTAP. You'll receive 20% off your order and free shipping. You'll have the best balls in the game. And real quick, before we get back into our show, I do want to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, BetRivers Sportsbook and Casino and Display. So BetRivers has a state-of-the-art mobile app where you can place wagers on your phone. You can do over-under, you can do props, you can do spread bets, money line, you name it, BetRivers has it. Check out BetRivers, and when you're registering, use promo code ONTAP. You'll receive up to $250 of a deposit match. Whatever the amount that you put into the account is the account that they'll match in free bets. Definitely check them out. Got a lot of sports coming up here. We got March Madness going on. We got baseball on the horizon, the NBA playoffs, NHL, all that. So if you're, you know, if you're placing bets on sports, do it with Bet Rivers. We'll hook you guys up with some free money to uh, get your bet on. But back to our show. This draft class. It's not as top-heavy as last year's, but we will have a guaranteed first-rounder, and that's Jeremiah Wilson-Koromoa. Yeah, I mean, he's a stud. He, he's a I, – I don't know how many times we've talked about him, how many times we've mentioned him being the defensive player of the game throughout the season. He is just a horse, and I'm ready to see him get into the league. But one guy that I'm really excited to see, and I think he's really going to be the guy that – I don't know exactly how to phrase it, but I think he's really going to be the standout of this draft class. It's going to be Dalen Hayes. I think he's a guy that with Owosu Koromoa being kind of like the the main star of this defensive draft class, I feel like he is kind of getting, I wouldn't say overlooked, but I feel like he's not getting enough praise for how good he actually is. And I personally could see him going mid to the late second round. Yeah, and I think, you know, not to say that last year's draft class was better than this year's, but we do have a solidified first rounder. And I do think with Dalen Hayes, he could go as high as the second round. That's a guy who he walks the walk. He talks the talk. He And I'm not saying that any of the other guys don't walk the walk or talk the talk. But Dalen Hayes is a great locker room guy. He's a captain. He's a leader. He's a community guy. He is someone that at the edge rusher position which is a very important position in football. You got one job, get after the quarterback. We'll call job one B contain. Dalen Hayes does that great. He has quickness. He has speed. He's good with his hands. He's good in a hand fight. If you were in an alley, I would want Dalen Hayes with me. You know, if we were, if we were about to get jumped, like Dalen Hayes would definitely get us out of the storm. And I think that this week is very important for him because with no NFL combine, that would be a week for him to just, absolutely have Mike Mayock going wow what or not Mayock who's the guy on NFL Network is it Bucky Brooks oh NFL Network I'm trying college because we don't have the NFL Network but when we do anyways anyways he's a physical no, think, freak. he's a physical freak yeah I mean he's a guy too that if you look back on um I think it was the senior bowl I mean he was all over the place like, I just remember him being the standout of Senior Bowl week, and I think that even after we talked after that week, we talked about how big or how much he improved his draft stock. And I think that really, not that there was you know any doubt that he was going to go outside of the first four rounds, but I mean, I think he pretty much solidified that and the fact that he should be going within the first three rounds, round three at the latest, in my opinion. Yeah, and to be honest, I wouldn't mind him in a Chicago Bears jersey alongside Cutter on the opposite side of Khalil Mack. Absolutely. 
So I don't think the Bears are smart enough for that. But no, no. Yeah, yeah you'll go to like the Lions and join like Romeo and the Aquara brothers or something like that, and then we'll see him in we'll see him twice a year. But yeah, and Aquara actually just got paid too, bro. Aquara got big bucks. I think we're finally starting to see the Notre Dame guys. Like, I mean, obviously Quentin Nelson has been out there for years, but talk about the year Chase Claypool had. He's going to be a guy that I don't think Juju's going to be around after this year. So yeah. Chase is really going to have to be a guy that steps into really big shoes come next NFL season when Juju decides to leave. But yeah, and, I, and real quick, real quick, Chase Claypool needs to stay out of his own way, though. And I'm going to just say it as, as blunt and as honest as it is. Because I'm going to be completely honest with you, he's turned into quite the little shit since he left Notre Dame. He was not oh, I like... I mean, look at the he, wide receiver room. Look at I know, Juju I know. Smith, the, he's in a, Juju he's, Smith the TikTok star. And he's, I think with, that the, he's with Juju, but I'm saying, bro, like, Chase Claypool was a very quiet, reserved guy. He was a big, like, let's go celebration guy, like, not very in your face. I feel like Chase Claypool, for lack of better terms, kind of, like within a year has changed a lot and really let it get to his head. Like he's a great athlete. Don't get me wrong. Probably the best player that came out of our, our draft class last year, he's going to be a solidified star in the NFL, but he plays a diva position in wide receiver. And he's like, he's been acting a fool uh, on Twitter, on TikTok. You know, he's always the, the reporters love his sound bites because he's always got something crazy to say. And, then you got this video surfacing last week of him in a bar fight. And it's just like, Chase, you have such a bright future. You have done so well. Just continue to do the things that got you here, and you won't fail. There's no way. You have too much God-given talent to fail. Yeah, who knows if it's something with the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously Antonio Brown with his troubles. and yeah. Not that Juju Smith-Schuster is <laughs> troubled by any means, but he's a guy that you know his name is in the media for – dancing on damn logos for for whatever reason so got like it, got his ass smoked yeah that <laughs> bro, i'll laugh at that video every time that, i see that but dude, I, I uh, just, crazy I, crazy I, I, thing is too bro is like the person that was involved in that hit we know uh well, we have a connection to von bell like we know their girlfriend so that's wild <laughs> that, hey small world Small. She texted. She texted me that night, and I was dying, dude. I think going back to what we talked about with the draft class, and I think I'll get your take on it too. Is is Ade Ogundeje slept on? In in your opinion, like, do you think that he could be a guy that? Obviously, Dalen Hayes is on a different level, but he yeah. was a standout on the line at Notre Dame, and I think that he could be a great interior defensive lineman for any team in the league. Yeah, and I think the thing with Ade is, is if you look at the way the Notre Dame defensive line is run, it's run like an NFL line. You have, you know, you have your two big guys or your you know, your two main staples, and then you have a lot of rotational guys, and all those rotational guys can play. And Ade Takumbo Ogundeji, uh, if his mom's listening, because I do want to get his full name out, <laughs> I want to make sure that people know is someone that will be available rounds four through seven should get an opportunity a very similar spot to a guy like Jameer Jones last year had a great senior season and someone that is really just has it's similar to Tommy Trumbull just has that untapped potential uh partly due to the fact that he was just in such a crowded defensive end room and he didn't get as many opportunities as he would have liked 
but his future is bright. And I do think that, you know, whether it's, it's day three or an, or a UDFA route, a team will take a shot on him and he will find, you know, they will find value in that signing. I agree. I think that if it's not even a UDFA guy, but I think he could be one of those valuable late round picks. And I agree with what you've said. And I like what you said too, with the fact that this line has been run like an NFL line. And if, if there's any positions that really stand out in years past coming from Notre Dame, it's both offensive and defensive lines, the interior guys. So I think that that just goes to show a lot about what kind of coaching we have. I mean, obviously we've lost Harry Heastand a few years ago. He came to the bears. Don't really know where he's at now after that, but you know, the, the coaching tree that comes in through Notre Dame is just outstanding. And, and these draft classes, like the one we're about to see go through their pro day on Wednesday is a perfect example of that. Yeah, and I'm honestly very excited to see where uh, everyone goes. And and like I had mentioned, we're doing a lot of draft coverage this year. Uh, me, Ethan, and Chris will be taking on all the draft articles, and they're going to start coming out, I believe, in the next few weeks. i got to take a look at my calendar. And then, two, we're also going to have an entire first-round mock draft from ONTAP Sportsnet. I myself have – kind of been the lead on that and i'll be joined by lucas perfetti uh, from bears on tap duke coughlin from bears on tap and then also ron loose mr do it all mr everything on tap and then premier amp formerly of bears on tap but with fantasy hour on tap so a lot of on tap going on a lot of draft coverage can tell you that we're going to be biased about it but like i said wosu korambo is the number one linebacker and i will say um for our for our crossover listeners that no matter which way we cut the pie in our mock draft, we do have him going in the first round. I will not tell you guys the team though. That's the perfect tease right there. I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting for it myself here. I'm flipping through mock drafts just to see kind of where Notre Dame guys are, are listed here. There's one yeah. from pro football network, Robert Hainsey going to the chargers in round five, more or less looking to see where, uh, Oh boy, this one has Dalen Hayes going to the Packers in round five. That's just tough from all angles of that pick. <laughs> And that's just, they could yeah. use they could use a Dalen Hayes though. I do. Their, their D line so. is, is you know they they give up a lot of rushing yards. So and like yeah, I want to bring up a point that you talked about. Bringing it back to Notre Dame is like it starts up front, offensive and defensive line. I always use this. Um, I guess you. I don't even know what I'm looking for, but I always use this, and I say you know the train can't leave the station if you don't win the battle up front and week in and week out, we see these giant, you know, holes that you could drive a, you know, Ford truck through Kyron Williams sprinting down the field, Chris Tyree, you know, saving my team total in the Syracuse game with like an 84 yarder. I was <laughs> fucking like, I was like, let's go. I, I didn't think I had a chance. Chris Tyree, I owe you beef, but that's another guy too. You know, looking into this next upcoming season. I know this is kind of just a freestyle episode, but we'll we'll commence the draft coverage. Let's talk about spring practice. I know it just started. Jack Cohn's our quarterback. Jack Cohn's our quarterback. Tyler Buechner made some throws. He looked nice. I would like to see a competition, but at the end of the day, I do have a feeling that, you know, no matter where we feel on Jack Cohn, you know, Tommy Reese is going to work with him. And we will see a completely different quarterback than that Jack Cohen that was trotted out at Wisconsin, who was given one job, and that was to put the ball into Jonathan Taylor's gut. And that was it. 
Yeah, a friend of the program, Pete Sampson, was out there tweeting videos. Tyler Buchner launched a deep ball to Xavier Watts. Uh, that was a video that was prevalent yesterday on Twitter. Um, have to go through and, and take a look at a few of these, but there was one from yesterday of Jack Cohen throwing the ball to the left side to Jordan Johnson. It looked like a pretty decent ball and a good catch by Jordan Johnson, too, or a guy that we mentioned a lot last year was really, you know, a guy that we wanted to see on the field more, but just couldn't, didn't see him on the field. But um, so there's two new guys to this Notre Dame football team this year, Jack Cohen and Jordan Johnson making a connection early. Yeah. And Jordan Johnson is someone that we were lobbying for all season that we wanted to see. And hopefully he'll take on a bigger role this season. Hopefully Chris Tyree will take on a bigger role this season, even though he did have a pretty prominent role last year. I'd like to see Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree used Almost exclusively, I know we got love for Sebo Flemister, but when you have top end speed like they do and they can just hit a home run every single time they run the ball, it's just like keep feeding them. This year is going to be a, a trying year. It's going to be a little testing because I do think that we don't have the weapons on the outside in comparison to years past. We have a lot of young talent, but unproven talent. So it could be a growing year. It could be. Uh, a 10 and three or, you know, non new year's six year. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think right now we have the horses in the stable to be a national championship contender this year, but I'll remain cautiously optimistic. And, you know, we're still going to be all in on this team. We're going to be here to, you know, cover it for you guys as well. Yeah. Going through some notes here from Brian Kelly's little Q and a yesterday. Um, he did mention that uh, Jarrett Patterson will not have spring ball. Jacob Lacey will be out because of a shoulder. He said he also thinks it's probably unlikely that they'll see Kevin Austin from an offensive standpoint. Uh, but other than that, the guys that are capable of practicing, they'll be involved. Um, he did talk about Jack Cohen. He did say the first thing that Jack and I talked about was that our group here at Notre Dame is one where you will get immediate support from these guys because it's Notre Dame. And when you come here, it's all about supporting each other. And we just have that built into our culture. So I think right away, obviously, these Notre Dame guys have rallied around Jack. Also, I saw a tweet from uh, Tyler James yesterday. Realize uh, the tweet reads, Heh, just realize we have a pine cone battle in spring practice. Love that. Fucking dork. I love that one, though, too. That one got me. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... Drew, Drew Pine dropped a, a nice little, little Instagram video. He did a couple things on the gram, nice little highlight video. But it's crazy to think that the Ian Book era is over, and, and now it's time to move on to our next quarterback. And, and the uncertainty, I guess you would say, is what a lot of us are feeling. Uh, listeners of the show, Ethan and I, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see where we stack up next year. And, and one thing I do want to say is uh, I saw an article. I don't remember what publication it was, but Brian Kelly is the third best coach in college football. That is a hill that I will die on. And that is an argument that I will take to the grave with me. There is no debating. It. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I think anyone that tell or anyone that tries to make a claim that Brian Kelly shouldn't be the head coach at Notre Dame anymore based on wins is just mistaken. I mean, you look, you and I both know what it takes to be a successful head coach in the college ranks, and he checks off all the boxes. Sure, has he not been successful in, you know, bigger games? Yeah, but you know what? 
let's take it back to the fact that we lost to a really good, a really, really good Alabama football team in the playoffs. We lost to a very good Clemson team the last time we were in the playoffs. And, I mean, it's not a best-of-seven series. If you match Notre Dame and Clemson in a best-of-seven, I'm taking Notre Dame. Notre Dame and Bama? Okay. I feel like Bama's got the strength and the willpower and the depth to be... uh, they're, they're They're the Lakers. I mean, Alabama's the Lakers. They've got the bench. They've got the starting five. They've got it all. So Notre Dame continuously builds their recruiting classes year in and year out. They're working the transfer portal. Their coaching staff is improving. I mean, Tommy Reese, you telling me that now he, I mean, he's got to be one of the top offensive coordinator candidates. Obviously there's, there's other ones. I wouldn't say he's top three, but I'd say he's up there. And then the addition of Marcus Freeman. Coach Freeman's got me very excited. He has had some of the best defenses, and he's been at a group of five schools. So I can only imagine what he's going to be able to do at a presumed power five because we do retain our independent status uh, going back into this season. You're welcome, college football. And, yeah, I mean, other than that, I think we pretty much touched everything. Will Fuller signed with the Dolphins. Um, Julian Aquara was extended to the tune of, I believe, like $44 million, like a lot of money, well-deserved, well-earned, or not Julian Aquara, Romeo Aquara. I said Julian. Julian did not get his extension yet. It's Romeo. I apologize. But, yeah, spring practice has started. We're going to get a, uh, what is it, a blue-gold game here in the next month or so. We'll be there to cover it. I was going to say, I was pulling that one up. Yeah, if you can get an exact date, I think it's like April 3rd. It's actually May 1st. Oh, May 1st. Wow, I was May way off. May 1st, 12.30. It will be available on Peacock. So I'm not sure if fans will be in uh, for the Blue and Gold game. Maybe that's something we look at. Not sure. Yeah, we'll oh, see okay, what happens. Nope. Students, faculty, staff, and families of participating student-athletes. Well, we just need uh, somebody to adopt us into the family, and we're good to go. It'll be ready to rock. It'll be ready to go. But, yeah, I mean – That'll be that'll be a big opportunity for a lot of those young guys to make an impression on the coach and make an impression on the fan base, kind of make a name for themselves um, and just put the best foot forward towards next season because we're definitely going to need it. We gave it our you know we gave it our best shot these last two years, the Camping World Bowl and the College Football Playoff first round exit. So let's see how they're able to build and move this program or continue to move this program in the right direction. But, Ethan, before we wrap up for today, do you have any wrap-up thoughts here for the listeners? I'm excited for the pro day. I'm excited for the NFL draft process to get started. I think outside of and the, I think outside of the season actually kicking off, the draft is one of my favorite times of the year for the NFL season. Um, sometimes if I get bored, I'll skip through an entire Madden season just to get through the draft and do the draft process. So it's fun to watch. It's fun to break down. And it's fun to see where these guys that – we've watched for four years plus end up and and make a name for themselves in the league. So I'm excited. Yeah. And I was going to say, that's like my favorite part. It's just like watching these guys come to campus. Obviously we're not in South Bend, but as an 18 year old, essentially, you know, a kid and they grow into men and they, you know, they leave Notre Dame with a degree. Some of them go on to do, you know, other professions and some of them go on to the NFL 
And it's been very rewarding seeing guys, like you said earlier, like Quentin Nelson, like Romeo Aquara, uh, like Golden Tate, like all these guys that we've watched over the years, even Jeff Samarge is still pitching in the MLB. Like, I thought he was the best receiver I'd ever seen when I was a kid, by the way. Him and Maurice Stovall. Oh, bro, hands down. <laughs> him, oh, and Marie, him and Maurice Stovall. What a name. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that, okay, I know we – I hate to bring up the heartbreak in of the 05 year, but that team was dead. Something else, yes. It very much yeah. was. That Tom was uh, I will say that was Tom like, Zibikowski was that age Kyle Hamilton. I'm leaving on that note, but Tom Zibikowski was Kyle Hamilton before Kyle Hamilton was probably even Kyle Hamilton. And he'll punch you in the mouth too. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. But yeah, I mean, just looking back at it, it's just like we're we're far past the Charlie Weiss days, the Tyrone Willingham days, the Bob Davy days. Like we are a respectable program, and you know. As I sit here and look at my Notre Dame blanket on my bed, <laughs> we are a very proud fan base, and it, it is frustrating that we aren't able to get that title. But I'll leave everyone with this final note. Before Brian Kelly hangs it up, before he hangs the headset up, the visor, the you know the tomato red face on the sideline, which he's gotten a lot better at over the last few years, he's been a very, very calm and collected, very less angry person on the sideline. He will leave Notre Dame with a national championship come hell or high water. And I think that's the perfect stopping point for this episode. Ethan, do you have anything to wrap that up? Nope. Nope. I'm, I'm agreeing with you on that comment. I think that, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, look, it's got to be, what, early 60s? He's young. 1961. He's 39. He's 39. As, oh, he's born in 61? 59. Yeah. He's going to turn age, 60. Same age, he's turning same age 60. as my dad. He turns 60 in October. Like, so, so when you think of how old Brian Kelly is, just think of my pops, dude. Like, he can coach right. football for another 15 years if he that's, wants. Essentially, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> essentially, that's what I'm saying. He, he's got the time. I mean, I, we're right there. We've got, a to, uh, we've got a talented roster. We've got the coaching staff for it. You know, I, I agree with you. I don't think that this is a year that it's like, okay, we're going to be a powerhouse. You know, Notre Dame 12-0 and national champions. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but you know what? This is the perfect year for this team to get better, and I'm, I'm ready for this year, but 2022 should be even more fun to watch. You ready to put your tinfoil hat on real quick? Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, so Tommy Reese leaves Notre Dame within the next three seasons. He goes and, and gets a head coaching job at. Bro, I've had this tinfoil hat on. For, I know where this tinfoil hat's going. Well, let's, I've had the tinfoil hat on. Let's let our listeners hear our theory. So Tommy Reese will leave Notre Dame in the next three to five seasons to take on a head coaching position at a mid, not a mid major because it's not. I'm so I'm in a March Madness state of mind right now at a group of five, maybe an FCS or a smaller school. Tommy Reese will then make his ascend to become Brian Kelly's predecessor. Yep, I've said that, and I think that it, I mean, even if he doesn't require him leaving, if he's the OC yeah. for the next 10 to 15 years in Notre Dame, which I doubt is going to happen, but if that's the case, that's a great, great predecessor. Now, him leaving is just like, that's how, that's just the coaching game. He could stay, but I do feel that unless Kelly really loses loses uh, control of the program and we start to just go like 4-8 and eight every year, the guy will not be fired. He will leave with a title. And I feel when he decides to retire, Tommy Reese will be the guy. So 
that's that's all we got for you today. We can take the tinfoil hats off. Let's go enjoy some March Madness. Um, and, and, you know, too, don't forget to check out our friends over at Bet Rivers. Use that promo code on tap, get you that 200 up to up to a $250 deposit match. And then to use promo code on tap on manscaped.com when you're checking out to get 20% off and free shipping on your order. We got nothing else for you guys. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Irish on tap. You can follow Ethan on Twitter at Ethan underscore wiles 10. You can follow myself at beat on 300. And then our main account is at on tap Irish. We got nothing else for you guys. Be on the lookout for future episodes and go. Irish.